When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, guys? Welcome into another episode of the Wolverine Live Recruiting Show. I'm your host, EJ Holland. Alongside me is my co-host, Zach Libby, an eventful night as Mike Elston departs for the NFL. We'll talk about the majority of the defensive staff leaving and joining Jim Harbaugh in the NFL, how it impacts recruiting. We'll also talk about Sharon Moore's first recruiting weekend as the head coach at Michigan. But before we dive into that, we do have a message from our presenting sponsor, and that is My Perfect Franchise. Are you ready to leave the corporate rat race behind for the American dream? Looking for a side hustle while working your current job? Wanting to diversify, build wealth, or leave a legacy? Andy can help. Andy Ludicky is a franchise consultant as well as a franchise owner and helps people find franchises that fit their skill sets. He also helps people uh, find time to commit. His services are 100% free and he's here to help you if you have any questions about business ownership. Andy is a guy you can trust. Hit up Andy Ludicky at myperfectfranchise.net. You can phone him at 404-973-9901. Or email him at andy at myperfectfranchise.net. Again, that's 404-973-9901. Or andy at myperfectfranchise.net. So, you know, Andy is the go-to guy for everything franchises. Ever thought about opening your own Chick-fil-A, opening your own 7-Eleven? Andy is the man with the plan He's literally the kid from Toy Story that grew up and is an entrepreneur now. So shout out to Andy. All right, let's talk about Michigan recruiting. Shout out to everybody that's joining us tonight. Yes, make sure to leave a comment saying how much you like us. Make sure to like the video and subscribe to our YouTube channel for free. And just a reminder that it is the Super Chat show so get your super chats and click that little box with the money sign and get your and your question answered on tonight's show especially because there won't be a recruiting q a with me tomorrow so if you want questions answered this week make sure to leave a super chat that money goes directly to our travel budget all right zach are you ready to talk michigan recruiting I thought we were here to talk about my birthday and your anniversary. Oh, it was Zach's birthday. Everybody wish Zach a special happy birthday. He 
shared the same birthday as Sharon Moore. So everybody was congratulating Sharon Moore and Zach was in the corner of his room crying because nobody was wishing him a happy birthday. So <laughs> yeah, what was the best gift you got, Zach? I got a desk chair. We got, I, didn't, I, don't ask for, I don't ask for much. I just asked for a desk chair. I'm, when you're 28, you don't really ask for gifts. So I was just working, you know, following the big recruiting weekend, you know, first one in a Cheryl Moore. So um, not a big birthday for me. 28 is not a celebratory birthday, I would say. Well, I will uh, make sure to mail you a Sheets gift card. Uh, or maybe one to Skyline Chili. In the meantime, in between time, we have our first super chat, and that is from Emil Robinson. And he said, how much would it help if Ward Manuel, Michigan's athletic director, was gone? Zach, <laughs> go first. In this, in the scenario that if Ward Manuel is not athletic director for Michigan, I think the 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 likely the first thing you have to do is hire as an athletic director that is on board with nil and we're talking about like recruiting nil investing into your program investing into these top 100 five-star players not so much nil when you're a roster player because obviously michigan players are going to get theirs in order to build their individualistic brands but to in order for a recruiting standpoint being on board with the rest of the country and taking pride in it, that investment uh, term, um, I think that would be the next step. But um, I think that would be that would be the best case scenario if, let's say, Warren Manuel is not athletic director at Michigan. Yeah, I agree with Zach. I think you know Warren Manuel has shown hesitancy when it comes to NIL as a whole. Obviously. Like Zach mentioned, the players on the roster are getting paid. You saw, you know, the stars like J.J. McCarthy and Blake Corum get paid. But I still think it could be better for maybe some of the other guys on the team. Jim Harbaugh always talked about, you know, putting in a base salary model, and that just hasn't come into fruition at all. We've heard soon and soon and soon, and it just seems like there's – you know, it's it's kind of like a never-ending tunnel because we never actually see it put into place. And then from a recruiting NIL standpoint, there's just no plan. There really isn't. You know, there isn't anything firm that you can sell to recruits from an NIL perspective. So Michigan can continue to recruit in the same way they have been recruiting the last couple of cycles in between 15 and 20. But is that going to be good enough to win you national championships and sustain the success that Michigan has built off of you know the backs of classes that were ranked between you know nine and fifteen, I, I think you know you look at this year's class, the average recruit rated. If you if you map out the classes, if you rank the classes by average recruit rating, and you know stay away from the recruiting numbers in terms of how big the class is. So if you eliminate class size and you look at average recruit rating. Michigan is ranked 19th, you know, last year's class was, you know, ranked close to 20 or, you know, in, you know, in the high twenties, I think that, you know, or in, I'm sorry, in the low twenties. So I think that, you know, it's, it's going to be tough for Michigan to sustain this success. If there isn't a commitment 
to NIL. It's just the ever-changing world. And that doesn't mean that you have to go and just throw bags at all these guys and do what Miami is doing and do what Texas A&M is doing. It means you, you know, at least have something firm to sell so you can land highly touted recruits that fit the culture, that fit the Michigan mold. I wrote this the other day over at thewolverine.com. I spoke to a recruit that's ranked, you know, in the on 300. He, I would probably say that Michigan, you know, is in his top three right now. And he told me that one school in the SEC talked to him about NIL and Michigan hasn't really had those discussions with him as of yet. And he said, you know, this, the SEC school that talked to him about NIL gave him, you know, a certain dollar amount. And he said, if Michigan just, you know, said they would be willing to do a fourth of that, I would go to Michigan. And I think, you know, it's obviously it's tough if you're a kid to turn down cash up front. It just is. So I think that Michigan needs an exact plan on how to attack it, whether it's the base salary model or something else. You know, Sharon Moore is going to be very active on the recruiting trail. He's going to be very aggressive. He's going to demand the most from his coaching staff. But if you don't have that backing from the administration, I'm not sure how much it matters. I'm not sure how much recruiting will improve. I've said before, I think Sharon Moore has a chance to be, you know, Marcus Freeman type as a recruiter, as a head coach. You know, but Freeman has a lot of backing at Notre Dame. Will Sharon Moore have the same? You know, it's something that we have to wait and see. Um, so like I mentioned, we're going to be talking about uh, Michigan's first recruiting weekend under new head coach Sharon Moore. The Wolverines hosted a small group of visitors this past weekend. One of the biggest was on 300 cornerback Alex Graham out of IMG Academy by way of Detroit was originally at Cast Tech. His mother attended Michigan. The Wolverines have the heavy lead on the on three recruiting prediction machine. Uh, Zach and I both have picks in for Graham. So coming out of this visit, Zach, how are you feeling about your prediction in favor of Michigan for Alex Graham? Yeah, I've had my pick in since November of 2022. And that was 10 months after he got his offer from Michigan and Michigan was the first power four offer. Um, he's been there nine times to Ann Arbor on, on official visits. He's pretty much seen everything that he can see at this point. He's been to game day visits. He's had personalized visits. Um, he's gotten a well-endowed experience as to what happens behind the scenes inside like Shen Beckler Hall in the, you know, Alglick Fieldhouse. But the, the purpose of this visit, obviously, was for Graham and his family to be around new head coach Cheryl Moore, because obviously this is the first visit in which Jim Harbaugh was not him head coach for Michigan, that Alex was there. Um, by all accounts, based on what you've reported on the Wolverine.com, everything went as perfectly as it could have, um, you know, for him. He's transferred to IMG Academy down Florida, so he the, the fact that he made that flight for that recruiting weekend is huge. And I think it still shows that despite the coaching change, he's still very interested and wants to see what the new culture is like. Um, defensive court, co-defensive coordinator and defensive best coach, Steve Klingscale, who is still on staff is leading the way in the best way that in 
as perfectly as he can. Um, he's made visits to IMG for the for January contact period, and they've been around each other quite a bit, whether it's in person or talking on the phone. But yeah, my impressions on just the visit, I think, just shows that Michigan remains a top contender for if he, you know, for a kid who, if he didn't leave Michigan, he'd be the number two overall recruit in the uh, four on three. He is a versatile defensive back who can play corner, nickel, or safety. Um, I have seen him live twice, and I have been impressed by just his length, his footwork, his ability to track the ball, and his uh, catching ability on both offense and defense. Uh, he's an all all American track runner um, as a you know, growing up, um, and he's getting obviously getting coaching from one of the top high schools in America. And before, you know, Detroit Cast Tech is a perennial powerhouse in the in the state. So he is a must land for Michigan. And now that, for Michigan reasons, losing a guy like Chris Ewald, um, an elite corner, top one hundred cornerback, adding a guy like Alex Graham can ease that um, blow. Um, and you know, you can make him the face of the class as well. So it's huge um, overall for just for him to spend the day in Ann Arbor and to make that effort to go from the west side of Florida all the way to Michigan back to his hometown for that weekend. Yeah, I still like my pick for Alex as long as Steve Klinkscale is on staff. But, you know, there are obviously a lot of rumors about Klink and his status. But, you know, if Clink is on staff, I, I still give Michigan a really good chance here. And even if he's not, even if Clink leaves, you have to remember that, you know, like, like Zach mentioned, Alex is originally from Detroit. He still has a lot of ties in the state and his mom attended Michigan. So he's a legacy. So he'll have, always have those ties to Michigan. I'm going to run through the uh, East Coasters. Michigan, again, had a really small group of recruits on campus, only five guys with offers. Graham was one of them. The other four made their way to Ann Arbor from the East Coast. The biggest was top 100 linebacker Kamar Archie out of the Hun School, same school that produced Owen Wafel. Now, I've talked a lot about Kamar Archie on this show. You know, he is the best defensive recruit I saw in the fall last year. You're talking about a guy that really resembles Junior Colson. In the middle of that defense, he can run sideline to sideline. He's comfortable in pass coverage. He's a guy that also starts at running back and is a playmaker there. Former Michigan linebackers coach Chris Partridge actually likened him to Jabril Peppers. I think Archie is a special, special prospect. There's a reason on three has him ranked in the top 100 early on. I think, you know, if you look at the linebackers, on the board and you look at guys that are realistic, Archie is one of the you know, biggest targets and, and must lands for the 2025 recruiting cycle. So obviously, you know, I've been a big fan of Kamar for a while. I've seen him live um, about three times and, and, you know, he checks a ton of boxes for me. So, you know, this was his first chance to get to Michigan. Unfortunately, he got there late. He told me he had some issues getting into Ann Arbor, so he didn't get to meet with Sharon Moore. And with no linebackers coach there, um, he spent the majority of his time with area recruiter Grant Newsom, whose younger brother actually goes to the Hunt School. And no, Grant Newsom's younger brother does not play football. He actually plays baseball. But, um, you know, having that tie to the Hunt School, 
definitely helped. Um, I think that right now Michigan is definitely in that top group, but for Archie, you kind of have to wait and see who's going to be the defensive coordinator, who's going to be the linebackers coach. I think the fact that he made his way to Michigan for this visit shows how legitimately interested he is in the program, but there are too many question marks to say exactly where the Wolverines stand right now, other than to say, you know, the interest level is high, but, uh, but yeah, still so many unanswered question marks on these, on the staff. And, you know, Archie came with his teammate, three-star defensive lineman, Cole Breeler, who is also out of the Hunt school and is very close to Owen Wayful. And Breeler, uh, Breeler is a guy that, you know, kind of resembles Owen Wayful in the sense that he is, a great kid off the field and on the field. He's really mean. He's a guy that's super aggressive. He's physical. I really enjoyed watching Cole Breeler this season. Now, you know, Mike Elston had a certain type of defensive lineman that he would look for guys like Owen Wafel and Cole Breeler. Mike Elston is no longer there. So it'll be interesting to see if the new defensive line coach continues to recruit Breeler, how effective Breeler is by the loss of Mike Elston. I mean, this whole weekend, Mike Elston spent time with Cole Breeler, was going over film and, you know, was pressing him. And, and you know, just a few days later, he's gone. But, you know, I had a chance to talk to Cole and his mom, and they really loved the Michigan experience. But I think, you know, losing Mike Elston probably leaves them with a bit of a sour taste in their mouth, uh, you know, tonight. And, you know, a couple other guys that were there, two offensive linemen, Rowan Byrne on 300 offensive linemen out of New York. Uh, I think Michigan's trending in the right direction for him. He had a chance to really bond with new offensive line coach Grant Newsom, which, you know, Newsom was on the staff before and he had experience with Byrne in the past. And uh, Byrne's actually the first offensive line recruit that Grant Newsom visited when he was named offensive line coach. So, Again, I like where Michigan's trending, but Penn State's still heavily involved. They hosted him for a visit last weekend, and, and the last recruit on campus was Josh Williams out of Pennsylvania, three-star offensive lineman. Penn State considered the heavy favorite there, but he had a chance to bond with Newsom as well. All right, that kind of recaps the first recruiting weekend under Sharon Moore. For more on the recruiting weekend, head over to thewolverine.com and subscribe for just $1.00 for one month. Before we get into coaches leaving, make sure to like this video and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We have 118 people watching, so we should have 118 likes. It takes half a second to click that like button. And also a reminder, this is the Super Chat show. So uh, make sure to leave a Super Chat, get your question answered, especially since I'm not doing a Wednesday Q&A show tomorrow. I'll be out on the road, so make sure to leave a Super Chat if you want a question answered this week. And shout out to this guy promoting UPS, man, because I had a terrible experience with FedEx like the last couple of weeks, man. I've had to wait weeks and weeks for my shoes to get here. So yes, UPS over FedEx. I don't know who this guy is, who's a, who's a Michigan fan for UPS, but people need to start using UPS, man, because FedEx blows. I cannot stand FedEx. Is that the UPS official YouTube channel? 
I don't. I have no idea if that's the official UPS. He's <laughs> the social media director for UPS on the Wolverine live recruiting show. Apparently, UPS is a Michigan fan. So shout out to UPS <laughs> and the people running the UPS account. Apparently, it's David R. So you know, David, you should definitely send us a message so you can be a sponsor and keep promoting UPS. But, uh, you know, I, I, had to, I literally had to get that out there because FedEx has lost my package twice in the last like month. So, you know, screw FedEx. But anyway, let's go ahead and talk about Michigan's defensive staff. Almost everybody is gone. Jesse Minter, gone. Mike Elston, gone. There was no linebackers coach to begin with. Dylan Roney, who worked with the Edges and was a pivotal figure on the recruiting trail, is also gone. So Jay Harbaugh's gone. Uh, so the last man standing here is Steve Klinkscale. Zach, how do you think this impacts recruiting, losing the entire defensive staff? Obviously, it's not good. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, everything that we talked about when Harbaugh left, Jim Harbaugh leaving to the Chargers about keeping continuity, keeping the staff that led Michigan to a national title, that was imperative for new head coach Cheryl Moore. And now you're looking for hires at pretty essentially every position um, on the defense. You know, when you look specifically at specific coaches, you know, you're losing key attributes that each coach brought to the table that helped with Michigan in its recruiting efforts. I mean, you look at a guy like Jay Harbaugh, you know, his ability to leave no stone unturned in his areas. He was uh, enthralled with West Coast recruiting. He had so much knowledge from, uh, you know, all the way down to Arizona to uh, the state of Washington. Um, he was able to find talented prospects in small towns, small cities, states that, you wouldn't expect Michigan to go to, you know, states like Idaho with Colson Loveland, Gatlin Bear, um, Arkansas with Marcus Wimberly, 2025 safety. You're losing a guy who not only is the son of head coach Jim Harbaugh, but he brings a lot of knowledge in terms of just his ability to develop multiple positions. You know, he had several roles with Michigan throughout his tenure, and he was arguably the best special teams coordinator in the country. Um you know, Dylan Roney, too, he was a grad assistant. But again, I mean, he's just one of those guys with so much responsibility. He had so many roles in his time there. You know, he was primarily working with the edges, you know, a group that has developed, you know, multiple top and NFL draft picks. You know, you see him on the road uh, being a catalyst in, you know, signings like Lugard, Ed Pye, top 100 edge, um, the other DMV edge rushers like Devin Baxter, Dominic Nichols. Um, you, you want those young guys on your team because they're able to have the energy and the willingness to get on the road and find these top guys. Um, that was a big loss. Mike Elston, too, you know, again, first round developer, um, Mason Graham, Kenneth Grant. Those are just two examples. You know, he's he has a those family first values that Elston brings to the table that kind of um, results in just recruits and their families feeling like Ann Arbor is a home away from home. Um, he was able to find these under the radar dogs that just grind it out and let the results do the talking. I mean, all four 
defensive lineman in the 2024 recruiting class were three stars. But you you had the confidence that with a guy like Elston Lee in the way, they could have the same – they could replicate what a Mason Graham has done in, at the college level. Um, Jesse Minter, too. Um, he was only there for two seasons. But when you talk to recruits and their families, the first thing that gets brought up is his knowledge. Um, you know, in meetings or sit-downs or just speaking one-on-one, he's – Minter has this, um, he has the intelligence to, you know, to break down formations, schemes, how to attack offenses, using certain players in certain roles in order to get the best results on the field. Um, he has a personality, uh, he's under 40 years old, so he has that personality of just upbeat and high tempo that gravitates people. But, I mean, it's it's lit. everything that we've seen these past couple of weeks is literally the opposite of what we've, we're kind of preaching that Michigan needs to do, right? Continue, have the continuity. I mean, now you're kind of looking for hires that understand the Michigan scheme, the Michigan way. Um, and now it seems like you have to go outside to do that. Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, it, it stings overall. I mean, you look at all of these guys and, you know, they were all, good recruiters in their own way, you know, like Zach mentioned, Jay Harbaugh was a terrific evaluator, master of obscure areas, as I like to call him. I mean, uh, just did a really great job helping Michigan recruit at multiple positions. I mean, he was responsible for Donovan Edwards and Blake Corum. You saw once he moved over to safeties, recruiting at the running back position kind of, you know, dipped. And then, you know, he was just so involved in a ton of recruitments and he was the area recruiter for basically the entire Western United States. So now you don't have an area recruiter in California. You don't have an area recruiter in Nevada. You don't have an area recruiter in Arizona. Like it's just, you know, the whole Western United States basically was Jay Harbaugh. Um, you know, Jesse Minner was very active as a defensive coordinator. And, you know, you, you see a lot of these guys that are being brought up as a defensive coordinator, like uh, Joe Cullen, I believe, you know, what's he going to bring as a recruiter? It's not going to really be the same as Jesse Minter. Uh, Mike Elston didn't really land the big fish, but he was, you know, kind of elite at landing uh, guys that really fit the scheme and the culture. He was just a really good evaluator and identifier of talent and uh, obviously a really good coach as well. You've seen guys like Mason Graham and Kenneth Grant really blossom under his coaching. And, you know, Dylan Roney is a guy that maybe the casual Michigan fan may not be familiar with because he's not, you know, an on the field coach, but from a recruiting standpoint, I mean, he was a rising star. I mean, for him to be a graduate assistant and literally lead the way with edge recruiting and make in-home visits in December tells you everything you need to know about Roney and what Harbaugh and Minter thought about him. So, you know, Roney's a massive loss as well because he was such a vocal and magnetic recruiter. He was young, he related well, so he was a great compliment to a guy like Elston. And now every single one of those guys is gone. And, you know, you're seeing a lot of guys just kind of text us back that Michigan had the lead with, and they're kind of just stunned. You see, Marcus Wimberly, you know, texted Zach back a couple of times, including after Jay Harbaugh left and, you know, had some really disappointing comments. It looked like Michigan was on the verge of getting a commitment in from Wimberly. And now you're seeing, you know, teams like Oklahoma start to build some 
momentum with him, taking advantage of these losses. Jalen Williams is a guy that was trending to Michigan on the on three recruiting prediction machine. And I texted him the night and, you know, he texted me back and he just said he was speechless. He couldn't believe that both Alston and Roney were gone. And then like five minutes later, he goes and puts out a tweet for everybody to change their crystal ball, which right now, you know, the on three RPM and the crystal balls and everything all point to Michigan. And, you know, I feel kind of weird because I was the first one to put in a Michigan pick across all networks. And I'm like, damn, um, this sucks. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the defensive recruits are just kind of sitting and waiting. And, you know, it's kind of it, it sucks for all of them, too, because they have to wait. And as and it sucks for Sharon more because as these recruits wait, other programs are building momentum with these recruits other programs are in Jalen Williams's DMs right now and Marcus Wimberly's DMs right now and so many more you know there are your Kamar Archie you just visited and there's no linebackers coach and no defensive coordinator your Cole Breeler you just visited you spent your entire you spent your own money to go to Michigan because it's an unofficial visit and spent your entire day with Mike Elston only for him to leave two, three days later. I mean, that has to blow for Cole Breeler. Like I would be kind of mad if I spent hundreds of dollars to fly, you know, New Jersey is not an expensive, uh, New Jersey's a very expensive place to fly out of, you know, if you're going to New York and you have to get a, an Uber there or, you know, things of that nature, like it's expensive, you know, just being around the Northeast and then to fly all the way to Ann Arbor and spend your whole day with Elston who's breaking down film with you and you've developed a relationship with him and you're trusting he's going to be there. And then he pieces out like 96 hours later, like that's just a, you know, crappy situation. So yeah, I think it's going to have an, a negative impact on recruiting. I think if you're looking for a silver lining with all of this, it's the fact that the dead period just started yesterday so coaches can't get on the road and recruits can't make visits to campus. So this entire month, Sharon Moore has an opportunity to solely focus on replacing all of these guys and finding the right fits. And that way everybody's in place so you can make your big push in March when the contact period opens back up and, you know, recruits are able to get to campus and meet the new staff and things like that. But all the momentum that was built from the national championship, I think has completely gone out of the window, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So last question and last reminder, guys, I am not having a Q&A tomorrow because I'll be on the road. So if you want a question answered, make sure to leave a super chat. That money goes directly to our travel budget. And, you know, it could give Zach some extra money so he can get a better gift than a desk chair. So if you want to give Zach a gift, leave a super chat. Um, we'll end the show with this, Zach. I mentioned Steve Klingscale is the last man standing. The only defensive coach left. How are you feeling? I know we, we you know, Chris Ballas and those guys cover the team. But how are you feeling about Michigan's chances of keeping Klink? And how do you think losing him would affect recruiting? You know, from speaking to people who had a relationship with Elston, this month, this past month during the contact period, you know, they saw what we all saw of Elson being on the road, trying to garner momentum from the national championship, offering kids, 
being on the road with head coach Sharon Moore visiting kids, right? So you kind of had a feeling or maybe some optimism that if he's going to be doing this, you assume he's going to be staying for next season. Steve Klinkscale did the same. He was in Florida, in Texas, in Ohio, um, in California, doing the same of offering kids, meeting with top targets of that sort. Um, I think maybe it's just the result of what we've seen with Mike Elson, but I don't think we can just assume he's going to be back just because of what he did last month. Um, the, the, you know, for someone like me who has been to the state of Ohio these past two recruiting cycles to meet with top targets, you know, or any other state that Steve Klinkscale primary recruits, you know, you lose that. You lose that presence if he leaves. You lose a, a man who can almost be like a surrogate parent. I, I think that would put I think that's the best way to describe it. And I've been told that too. Klingscale is is the most relatable coach that I have been coming across in a lot throughout this two years of doing this career. Um, he's he rarely talks about football when he meets with recruits. Uh, these recruits feel like he's part of their family just because of how they he treats them and connects with them. Uh, he on the field he guarantees that you're going to be coached the right way. Um, you're going to be coached with tough love, and that's what recruits want. Um, I, the loss of him would be, I think, people don't really realize how big of an impact he would have of his potential departure with recruiting. Um, uh, he he is fundamentally just an elite an elite individual when it comes to just showing kids and recruits and their loved ones that the opportunity to further your career while also being a better man off the field is done at Michigan under his under his watch. And I don't think you can replicate that. You need to find someone like him, especially at a position where like a skilled position like defensive backs, you need someone like that in order to have have recruiting be um, taken to the next level. So We'll see, but um, I think the, the what what we've seen with Elson, I don't think we can just assume that Clean Sale's going to stay just because he was on the road as well. I mean, Clink would be a really tough loss. Um, you know, he kind of missed out on those top targets at the corner position this past cycle, but I don't think that defines him. I still think he's a really good recruiter. He has a ton of ties throughout the state of Ohio. He's kind of the guy that sparked the Ohio to Michigan movement um on top of that you know he's really well respected in the state of michigan as well he's the steve Klinkscale is the area recruiter for detroit like he's the guy you know the go-to guy so again i i think losing him would be you know you know a gut punch it, it would it would hurt a lot i i've always felt that if anybody on the defensive side was going to stay it would be clink you know, his son is now a preferred walk-on at Michigan. It seems like he really enjoys being in Ann Arbor. You know, that's the job he always wanted. And he had to wait for it. If you remember, you know, Michigan hired Mo Linguist the first time around and then finally was able to get Klink's, Steve Klinkscale after, um, you know, the, the linguist thing kind of fell apart. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I, it would be it would be really disappointing if Steve Klingsko left. That means the entire defensive staff would be gone, and you don't have any you know resemblance of what this team was last year from a coaching staff standpoint on the defensive side of the ball. And that was you know the big selling point on Sharon Moore is he's going to keep everybody together. And, you know, if everybody leaves on the defensive side of the ball, obviously he didn't keep everybody together. And, you know, it's, you know, it's just a, a tough, tough situation uh, from that standpoint. And also with all these guys leaving, one final thought is, you know, roster retention. You know, you have a really loaded defense. You have a lot of talented guys coming back. Mason Graham, Kenneth Grant, Will Johnson, Derek Moore. You know, there's so many guys out there that are coming back on the defensive side of the ball. You know, will they stay at Michigan? Will other teams throw bags at them during this transfer portal window and during the spring portal window? Um, the recruits that just signed, you know, if you're a guy like uh, Lou Gariata Pai, you just got moved to the number 40 recruit in the country. Your NIL stock is probably high now. And you don't know anybody on the staff because Dylan Roney's gone, Mike Elston's gone, and Jesse Minter's gone. So, do you potentially ask out of your NLI? And that goes for all the edge guys, you know, Devin Baxter doesn't know anybody on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Dominic Nichols doesn't, you know, Owen Wafel doesn't, David Polly Polly doesn't, you know, so do these guys stick with their NLIs? Uh, that's something that we're going to have to monitor as well. So, you know, it's, it's really tough for defensive recruiting. And I think it's just, you know, disappointing that, you know, Michigan won a national championship and here we are kind of uh, talking about all of this instead of, you know, hyping up recruiting. So I guess it is what it is. Uh, it's time for us to disappear like Mike Hart does on the recruiting trail. Let's go ahead and get out of here. Uh, make sure to subscribe to the Wolverine.com and like this video uh, and subscribe to our YouTube channel for free. We will see you guys next week.